Amen. Hey, happy Valentine's week, everybody. Uh, it's the most overrated day of the entire year. They want you to spend an absolute fortune on things that you just truly, unless you have a friend that has a flower business, and then you should support that friend and buy flowers from them. How's everybody doing? We're doing good? We're close. You're close to the weather being warm and the springtime being here. You're close to the promised land. You made it. You got three weeks left of winter, so deal with it and don't get COVID and let's get to the spring and everybody get you know healthy and let's come back to life again. Amen? Okay, amen. Let's do it. Um, all right, so recap. We're in a series called Linked. We're talking about relationships and uh, essentially one of the things we covered last week is that relationships are, are basically a universal reality, right? Regardless of who you are, where you are, where you're from, regardless of any of the, you know, non-controlled variables or controlled variables, we all have relationships, some good, some bad, some that we decided we want to be in, some that we found ourselves in regardless. So all of us have to find a way to uh, pursue relationships in a way that honors God, right? So just a, a recap of last week, where we're getting sort of the heart behind this series from in the next few weeks from this. Where, where we're coming from is, is the idea in Genesis where, if you've read the book of Genesis, it's this idea where God's creating everything and he, you know, God's like hyping himself up, right? He's saying, man, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. And then he has something that he creates that he goes, this is not so good. And that thing that he looks at and he goes, this isn't good, is a man by himself, and, you know, some, maybe you've heard, you've been to a wedding where you hear the preacher say like, oh, it wasn't good that man was alone, so God made him a wife, and yeah, yeah. And yes, that is part of it, but really this is a statement about God saying it's not good for man to be by himself. God has too many plans for humanity. He has too much in mind for humans, and it requires us to be in relationship with each other in order to accomplish that purpose. So here, there were three things that we talked about, and I'm gonna jump into this week's stuff, but just to recap, the first thing we talked about last week is that the most important thing God ever made was people. God decided that the one thing he was gonna make to be like him, the thing he was gonna put the, his breath of life into, he was gonna make in his image, was people. That's why you know the pinnacle of God's creative expression is not the Grand Canyon, although it's amazing. It's not the ocean, although the ocean is amazing. It's not Mount Kilimanjaro, right? Although that's amazing or whatever sort of landmark that you could go find that you would go, wow, this is amazing. The pinnacle of God's creative expression is the human being. And in Romans chapter one, where Paul's saying, you know what, creation is, excuse, is without excuse because when they look at what God has created, they can bear witness to the fact that there's a creator. And we take that verse and we think, man, so when you stand and look at a mountain, you should be able to tell God exists because he created that. My take is that I think what Paul's trying to say is you can look at your neighbor and go, wow, God exists. Like you can look in the eyes of a human being and, and it just bears witness to the fact that God exists because he made you. He made your neighbor. He made your friends. Second thing we talked about is that God's heart for us is connected to the relationships that we have. As we're figuring out, as you're growing up and learning how to figure out God's will for your life, God's plan for your life, God's purposes intended for your life, they're connected to the relationships that you have, both good and bad. Third thing that we talked about last week is that we can't say we value God if we don't value the thing that God made, which is people, all right? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk for a few minutes a little bit about dating, a little bit not about dating, and here's why. You have to know what you're doing when you pick up the Bible, okay? 
you have to know what you're going to, to look for. Because if you Google, what does the Bible say about dating, you're not going to get a whole lot. Because in the first century, when Jesus was around, or 3,000 years before that, when Abraham was figuring out how to journey his way through the desert, you know what people didn't do? They didn't date. There weren't boyfriends and girlfriends. That's really only a thing that existed in the last like 130 years. Before then, what you would do if you were a young lady is you would sit down in your home with your parents and multiple men would come by and they would offer up things for your hand in marriage. Your father would decide which one of those he wanted best and then your father would decide which man you married based off whatever he was willing to offer. Before then, you know, you had arranged marriages where you didn't even get to have any sort of say in it. Your dad just kind of decided with somebody else's dad who you were going to marry, and it was, it was a really interesting thing. So really, the invention of dating, of boyfriends and girlfriends, and like, is like 130 years old, which is fine, but like almost everything is older than that. So it's not really, you can't really go to the Bible and go, ah, you know what? I, the Bible has so much to say about dating. But the good thing for us is that Jesus has a ton to say about how we should treat people. And you can take that and you can apply it to your relationships and it will certainly help as you date or don't date or you, you know, one day end up getting married or don't get married. So what we're really trying to do in this series is not, I don't, I'm not really that interested in you being a really good boyfriend or girlfriend. I'm more interested in you becoming a follower of Jesus and figuring out what his teachings are. So five teachings of Jesus that we can follow for healthy relationships. Okay, everybody ready? The first one is this. Here's the idea. Write this down. Good roots, good fruit. Good roots, good fruit. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. So here's how this can apply to your relationships. You're never going to have a healthier relationship with other people than you have with God. If you are using other relationships or hoping that other relationships, whether a boyfriend or a girlfriend or friends, is going to be better than the relationship that you have with God, you're going to constantly be let down. You have to have healthy roots in your life in order to produce healthy fruit. So the practical wisdom here is until you have healthy roots attached to God, until you have a healthy life, a flourishing relationship with God, it's probably not a good idea to enter into serious relationships where you're expecting there to be good fruit, all right? Good roots, good fruit. Point number two, this is straight from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's wisdom for healthy relationships. Point number two, write this down. Chill out. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to relax. All right, let me read some scripture. And then I know this doesn't apply to anybody in here, but think about that friend that is just stressing out about being in a relationship all the time. This is a, this is a word from God for them. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, about your body, what you'll wear. This is Jesus. Isn't life more than the food and body more than clothing? Consider the birds, all right? Jesus would be like, look, if you're just stressing out about a boyfriend all the time, think about the birds, man. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't put anything in barns, yet God, your heavenly father, he feeds them. Aren't you worth more than a bird? Can any of you add a single moment to his lifespan by worrying? Some of y'all need to, for real, take that verse and you need to put it in your car or put it on your mirror in your bathroom. And every time you start to stress out about whether or not you have a boyfriend or whatever, you need to go, I can't add a second to my life by worrying. So forget about it. Don't, they don't labor, they don't spend thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adored like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass 
which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? Don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? The Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? Tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Right? And then he goes on to say, like, each day has enough trouble of its own. I love this. I love that Jesus said this 2,000 years ago. He's like, y'all need to chill out. Tomorrow's going to be crazy enough. So for today, just chill out. Like, quit stressing. And, and you know, to, to move beyond just being funny, on a serious note, there are some anxieties and some pressures that you put on yourself with expectation and relationships that are just so ridiculous. Jesus would just say, just chill out. God knows what you need. He takes care of the birds, right? And think about how much you matter compared to birds. Like, literally, that's Jesus is like, look, man, I like birds. I made birds. But you know how much more you matter to me than birds? And I feed the birds like I give the birds what they need. I'm going to give you what you need. So some of y'all, that was, that was straight up from God for your fuse group tonight. You need to chill out. All right, point number three. Write this one down. Some of you boys need this. Motives matter. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, said this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If you got motives going into a relationship that aren't pure, guess what you're going to get out of that relationship? Bad news. You need to check your motives when you go into a relationship. You need to be entering into relationships under the idea and the motive that you are seeking to do right, seeking to do well, seeking to add value to the person that you're entering into a relationship with. This isn't just just applied to dating relationships, although it certainly applies to dating relationships, but in friendships too. If you're the kind of friend where you show up because you're trying to you're trying to like leech off of somebody all the time, like somebody's somebody's cool, so you just want to be their friend so you can get some of their coolness rubbed off on you, like. Don't be, don't do that. Motives matter. Enter into relationships with people because you're genuinely interested in them. You're curious about them. You want to get to know them. You want to add value to their life. Our motives matter in our relationships. If you have an unhealthy motive going into a relationship, you're not going to get out of it what you need to get out of it. If your motive in going into a relationship is to satisfy a part of your flesh, the Bible is clear. You feed the flesh, you'll die. Motives matter. Check your motives. All right, point number four, treat others how you want to be treated. How many of y'all had a grandma or grandpa tell you that growing up? Treat other people the way you want to be treated. You know what we need more of in our lives? Grandmas and grandpas. They're smarter than you and me. They can help. They've been saying this forever. Treat people the way you want to be treated. If you wouldn't like somebody Snapchatting about you or TikToking something ridiculous, I don't even know what, what TikToking is, but if you don't want somebody to do it to you or sit at a lunch table and talk trash about you, don't do it to them. If you don't want somebody sending text messages about you, don't send text messages about them, right? Like, this is kind of easy. If you don't want somebody to assume certain things about your personal life, then don't assume certain things about them. If you don't want somebody to judge you because they don't understand your motives or they don't understand what you're actually going through, or they don't, then don't judge other people. Jesus said this clearly in Matthew chapter 7. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do that to them. For this is the law and the prophets. 
If you are entering in or you, you've got, let's say you've got a girl or a guy that you're interested in, you wanna get into a relationship with them, treat them the way you want them to treat you. If you want somebody to be interested in you, you want somebody to ask you questions, you want somebody to listen to you, listen to other people. Ask them questions. Be curious about them. This is a, a, a Christian approach toward healthy relationships. Imagine how much different school would feel if everybody was treating other people the way they wanted to be treated. It's tough. All right, let's go. Point number five. Some of y'all are gonna hate this one. But... You gotta hear, this ain't, this is me. This is, this is why I went, this is why I didn't come up with like the seven things I would tell you to do for dating advice. Cause I don't care. Jesus has some good stuff to say. Point number five is this, forgive people. Forgive people. Now, Jesus has a handful of quite spicy takes on some things, Okay. I would refer you to his word. You should read the Bible and see what he says for himself. But in Matthew chapter six, some of Jesus's teachings here are kind of like, you read them and then you just kind of move on to the next thing. But you really gotta come back to these. Okay, here's what he says, Matthew chapter six. If you forgive others of their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive others of their trespasses, neither will your father forgive yours. Jesus, did you just tell me that if I don't forgive person blank for doing blank, you're not gonna forgive me for my sins? Yes, that's what Jesus just said. Now, why would he say that? Because he understood that the pinnacle of God's creative expression It's not the mountains or the ocean or it's people. And people, you know what we do to each other? We hurt each other because most of us are morons and we're selfish and we're greedy and we're simple and we think in ways that feed our flesh and not our spirit, and we use people. And do you know what happens when you do that? You hurt people. Do you know where this happens more than anywhere else? In high school dating relationships, where the pettiness of the peer pressure that comes from your other friends causes you to hurt each other. And sometimes you do it intentionally, and you feel guilty about it, but you don't tell anybody. And sometimes you do it unintentionally because you're just living and you're 16 and you don't know how to survive and you're figuring it out as you go. But Jesus said, that's why when you figure out that you've hurt somebody, you go and you ask them to forgive you. Literally, Jesus was teaching and he's, he's talking about it like this. And he says, if you're at the altar, right? Like pretend this is the altar. And if you're a first century Jew and you're hearing him teach this, you would have taken this very seriously, going to the altar to bring your sacrifice. Jesus said this, if you're at the altar and you're offering your sacrifice and there you remember that your brother has something against you, what do you do? He said, you leave your altar at the sacrifice and you go and you make things right with your brother before you come to God. Because God has way less interest in the offering you bring to him if you hurt your neighbor. God has way less interest in the songs that you sing to worship him if your boyfriend has been wounded by you and you haven't asked him to forgive you. 
or your girlfriend has a broken heart or ex-girlfriend and you have been trashing her or dogging her or whatever you've been doing, if you broke her heart, you don't make God's heart happy by coming and singing. The way that we relate to each other is of utmost value to God because God loves his people. He loves human beings. So I want to ask you this. Is there anybody in your life, could be a boyfriend, girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, could be a friend, you could be sitting beside him, could be a fuse group leader, could be your mom. Is there anybody that you have hurt them? You've done something to them, you've said something about them, you have, there is something that you are responsible for that has hurt them. If there is, what I would try to encourage you with tonight is that you and I need to take the teachings of Jesus seriously and you need to leave your gift at the altar and you need to go make things right with your brother or your sister and then you need to come back and offer your whatever to God. Is there someone that you've treated a certain way in a relationship and you have caused them to run from God? You have caused them to want to be isolated. You have caused them to regress in their personal social life because of the way you've talked about them or you've whatevered about them. If you have, I'm telling you right now, the word from God for you tonight is you don't need to sing anymore. You need to apologize. That's God's will for your life in Christ. Is there somebody that's hurt you? They talked about you. They did something ridiculous that hurt you. Your thing tonight is you have got to figure out a way. And I don't know what this looks like. And there are seriously varying degrees of how serious we should take this. Your thing is you're going to be stuck until you let that go and you forgive them. But that doesn't mean you just don't talk about it. That means you may need to sit down with somebody and say, you have gutted me. It doesn't have to be a boyfriend or girlfriend. It could be one of your best friends that you just, y'all just aren't friends anymore. Or it could be a parent. It could be, it could be a leader. It could be a teacher. It could be a coach. It could be anybody. But I'm telling you, if you want to have healthy relationships, if you want to move forward in your walk with God, if you want to have a healthy life, you got to have healthy relationships and healthy relationships require forgiveness. Jesus set the world up in a way. God set the world up in a way that you would not be able to thrive in this world without healthy relationships. Your relationships with the people in your life are paramount to your life being healthy and flourishing and abundant. That's not my plan. That's God's plan. And I want us all to be masters of our relationships. It's okay if we are so novice in our theology, if we're novice in our practice, whatever. Let me tell you what we got to be advanced in. Loving our neighbors our relationships got to be good because Jesus said people are only going to know that you're a disciple of me by the way you love each other if we don't get this right we don't have an effective witness if we don't get this right we never get to open our mouth and share the gospel with people and have them listen because they don't care because Jesus said they're not going to care they're only going to care if you love each other well so why don't you stand to your feet I'm going to pray and I would encourage you to search yourself and ask the Holy Spirit if there's anything that you need to forgive or if there's anyone that you've wounded, that you've hurt, that you need to go ask them to forgive you. All right, let's pray. Why don't you bow your head and close your eyes. Every campus, why don't you bow your head. 
I'm going to pray, then somebody's going to come out on your campus and help us walk through the end of the night. Holy Spirit, will you come and help us? Be our comforter. Be our guide. Be our teacher. Be our God. Do what you always do, which is put our eyes directly on Jesus and help us to focus on his teaching and his commandment to us to forgive, to love, to have pure motives in our relationships to have a, a healthy relationship with you so the roots are good, so that the fruit that we bear in our lives is healthy. Father, we love you, and we want nothing more than to be conformed to the image of your son, Jesus Christ, both in our personal lives and in our relationships. So come and help us, Holy Spirit. It's in your name we pray. Amen.